Demons Discuss, Take 57, the one with red wine and onions. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I am Valerie, and with me, as always, is Angela and Jean. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello. And what are we talking about today, Jean? We are talking about Chapter 31. We're still in Prague, and we're getting ready to put on a show. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this chapter was something. It kind of had my heart racing a little bit. Yes, it's getting good. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Towards the end, it was like, "Mm." what's going to (laughs) happen? Oh, my God. What now? It was a good chapter. We'll get to it, but remember your first reactions reading this chapter, like, oh, my God. What is going on? This is so many pieces of the puzzle introduced. Yeah. 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 Especially towards the end mm-hmm. there. Woo. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Anyway, let's get this part out of the way. This podcast is sponsored by our wonderful patrons. And do you know why that's great, guys? Do you? I do. I do. I, yes. do. I think so. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I have a guess. All right. Well, I'm going to say because without them, you'd be probably listening to an ad right here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Toothbrush. <laughs> Uh, I mean, this is kind of an ad, but not really. It's still us demons talking to you guys about our relationship and this podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, in every relationship, we have to discuss finances. And let's face it, we're not the Claremonts. Nope. <laughs> we can't nope. afford nope. this on our nope. own. So we need a little bit of help. We need to pay our bills for our podcast and our website. And this is where our squad of patrons come in. And for as little as two bucks a month, two dollars, you can help us out. And you'll get our ridiculous aftershave. So it's a win-win. Angela, give some more reasons why people should become patrons. Well, I was just thinking when you gave the marriage analogy that we'll never have to get divorced <laughs> over, over money problems. <laughs> but on top of that, you do get an after show uh, on off week. So when you don't get the main show, you do get a little dose of demons and the after show. And the topics can run the gamut. But you also get swag at different uh, levels. So depending how much you give, you get different prizes. And uh, you also get a quarterly drawing. So no matter what number... No matter what level you are, you get entered into a quarterly drawing. Which reminds me, it is September. We do need to do that. Oh, definitely. I just thought of that just now. <laughs> we, want to, we want to stay good at our word. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So if you guys are interested in joining, go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. So let's start with some discusser emails. Who wants to start? My discusser emails from Julie. Hello, lovely demons. While listening to chapter 31, it occurred to me that there are shades of Salome and Herod in the dangerous dance Diana, alliteration points there, performs in juggling the emperor's creepy attentions till she finally connects with the book. And if you think about it, book made of creature skin, almost the same gross factor as the baptizer's head on a charger. Mm. Can't wait to see the scene enacted in the TV series. On a totally other random thought, we need our own version of Wizards Unite Pokemon Go app for ADOS Series 2 premiere. Finding random things in libraries, etc. Oh, that'd, that'd be, cool. be awesome. Thank you, Julie. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Wow, you had some time to think there, Julie. That was good. <laughs> I was like, wow. Although I think we want it better than Wizards Unite since so many people have been complaining about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I love when an idea goes into the universe. Let it be so. Yes. so. Make it so. Yes. Make it so. <laughs> Angela, what do you have? 
All right. I have an email from Emily. Hello, Emily. Yay. Hi, Emily. Hi, Emily. Happy birthday. Yay. And how do we know it's her birthday? Because she says yes, an email. Also, I'm 18 now, so I can join the Facebook group. Yay. Yay. For some reason, I can't find the Facebook group, Sad Times in the Emily Household. Kind regards, Emily. But Emily, we have news for you. Yes, we're going to add you right now. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, okay. Okay. Last name silent. Boop. She's been invited. By the the time she hears this, she she should have experienced the GIF parade. Yes. (laughs) Yes. We haven't had a good GIF parade in a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. And all the rest of you that are on the list to get into our discusser group, it is a secret group, so you do have to be added. I go through the list... Honestly, it's been a couple months since All Souls Con and the sickness yeah, and everything. Busy. We've been busy. busy. Yeah. So I'm going to start whittling down the list. We add them like three or four at a time because we need people to get used to the dynamic before we add a whole bunch of people. That's never good. And don't want Facebook accusing us of spamming people. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and if you're wondering, uh, Emily has been waiting. She's f- patiently for like a year. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. We realized she was a minor. We're like, oh, we don't know if that's good good idea. We don't want any parents or guardians coming after us, but she is now 18 and we promised her as soon as we see that she's 18, we're going to add her. So, hey, we did it live. That's awesome. (laughs) Hey. So for anyone that went to the con and saw cosplay, Emily was one of the ones who she made her own jacket. She had the Matthew uh, de Claremont seal on the back of her jacket and it was self-created. Yay, Emily. Yes. It was awesome. Very awesome. It was It was very, very cute. Very good. Hand-painted and very, very inventive. All right. So we did that one. Uh, Angela, did I give you another yep. one? I have an email from Chloe. Hey, Chloe. She says, hey, 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 demons. I hope you had fun in the UK. I'm sorry I wasn't able to join you. Flights from Australia are really pricey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we get mm-hmm. it. This chapter makes me chuckle because Matthew swings between Moody Matthew and Matthew who becomes a child that wants to annoy mom for the sake of it. I love Diana trying to juggle everything whilst her husband is being well Matthew, glad to hear you're doing chapters again. Your vampire down under, Chloe. Oh, thank you, Chloe. Thank you, Chloe. I have one from Zoe. And <laughs> hello, Zoe. Chloe and then Hi, Zoe. Zoe. <laughs> Hi, Zoe. She says, Hi, Angela, Jean, and Val. So I especially reread chapter 31, even though I just finished a complete reread before the con. And here are my thoughts. Ashmole 782. It seems to me that this chapter is possibly the most significant in the Book of Life storyline since Diana's first encounter with Ashmole 782. She's reunited, pre-united with the book, whole and undamaged, and they, Diana, Matthew, and Galglass, realize how it was made. As Galglass so typically bluntly says, whoever could have imagined that the lost book of life would stink to high heaven of death. I surprisingly found myself feeling a little, only a little, sorry for Edward Kelly at this stage anyway. The book was obviously driving him mad, in parentheses, she says more mad, (laughs) with the voices and (laughs) and the voices and his knowledge of how he and other creatures were bound to the book. Other thoughts. I felt uncomfortable with Diana with her creepy dinner companions, Rudolph and Pistorius. Yuck. Mm-hmm. I needed a shower. Oh. <laughs> oh, God, yes. You're not the only one. 
How did Matthew restrain himself? I don't know. <laughs> Good question. At least Galaglass ensured Pistorius was kept out of the way. The play, not so much. Although I did like the fact that Matthew shows his sense of humor and that he was prepared to get involved at all shows another side of his character. Well, that's all I have time for before the deadline. Have a good day, guys, and looking forward to the next takes. Zoe XO. P.S. Castings. Yay. Hashtag Team Pierre. Yay. <laughs> hugs, hugs, hugs. Yay. <laughs> Did she say pre pre-united in her beginning of her email? Yeah. I like that. I like I like that timey wimey term that she does coin. Yes. Yeah. I just love it. Yeah. She said reunited and in parentheses she says pre-united. <laughs> I think we're keeping that. Yeah. yeah. Very clever Zoe. We're using it. That's uh copyright Zoe, but we will lose it. Yes. <laughs> I hope you've licensed that for our use. So, yes. <laughs> okay, creatures, let's start the wagon. <laughs> this chapter discussion is brought to you by Elizabeth Kroll. Yay, Elizabeth. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Elizabeth. All right, so when we left off in chapter 30, we left with an intense exchange of thoughts. Matthew and got others in bodily fluids. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Dude, you went there. <laughs> I'm just, yeah. you know, being factually accurate. She is. Okay. So Matthew got Diana's through her heart vein and Diana crafted a witch's kiss to read Matthew's heart and mine. There was reverence, lovemaking, and bodily exchange fluids. Yeah. And we think, spoiler alert, the successful conception of the future Bishop Claremont. We think that. Well, don't. there definitely was the final consummation of the mating. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's for yes. sure. Okay, so we open up chapter 31 with Diana noting the changes in Matthew since they started their little ritual. And what did you guys think of the changes ever since Matthew gave in and started feeding on Diana's heart vein? He's calmed down. Yeah. Yes. It's what he was meant to do. I mean, not yep. with just anybody, but with his mate. The last wall dropped. Yes. He was investing way too much energy in fighting something he wasn't going to win against. He's more agreeable. I mean, yes. he was just, <laughs> I never thought I'd hear that. See, he was just hangry. That's all. Hangry. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Sexually frustrated, hungry. Have a Snickers. All the above. (laughs) Have a Snickers instead of have a Snickers. Have a heart beat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I can't imagine a a vampire, though. I mean, they started as human, but they have this animal instinct. And that's nothing that I could ever imagine having. You know, sure, we have instincts, but it's something we can still pull back from. But I can't imagine the intensity of an animal instinct inside. Well, I, I think that one of the best words, the mating is finally consummated mm-hmm. and then he settled yes i mean yeah not settled down but he's settled it's like okay the last puzzle piece dropped into place yeah. and then diana noticed she always thought of him as large but she noticed oh oh <laughs> this is what he's philippe, flourishing yeah this is what philippe meant he he's growing like his muscles are growing he he was being the person or the vampire he was meant to be do you think it's just it was just a function of feeding i i also kind of wondered whether it was a function of he wasn't burning off quite so much nervous energy and his whole fight not to mate. Mm-hmm. That whole flight or fight yeah. instinct yeah, he's always he would, got. I mean, I think he had probably had the vampire uh, equivalent of... Adrenaline. Her adrenaline. Yeah. 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 That's exactly... I think that. Yeah. I mean, I think also, you know, when you are have anxiety or 
you're a bit depressed, you also don't feel like eating. And True. I also yeah. think too, like we mentioned before that his need to punish himself as well is always there. True. So this settled him. He was, I mean, he was going out hunting now with gallo glass and feeding on humans, I assume. It's an improvement. This is what he was missing this whole time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we add to Diana's scars. Right. <laughs> her scar uh-huh. collection is growing. Uh, she's got a silvery moon over her breast, the place where he drank, uh-huh. and it never healed fully over. It was just there. That's weird. And I always wondered, it's like, does it affect vampires the same way as it does witches with the skin like that? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's I was a good just, question. I guess uh, we're going to find out at some point. Uh, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that anyone's thought of that. Maybe, maybe if we see Fernando shirtless in season three, <laughs> we might find out. Hint, hint. I do love this introduction, though, of the witch's kiss and the heart vein. That's something as a first time reader, it was unique to my world of, of ever this happening. Yeah. And there was a property in the saliva that didn't allow it to heal. So, yeah, maybe vampires, too. I don't know. I don't even know why I thought of that. But I'm happy their rituals brought them closer together. Yeah. I'm sure everyone is in that household. Jeez. I'm sure Gallic Glass got tired of shuttling everybody over to Baldwin's. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, here they go again. I know. And their secrets are no longer. So, you know, that's good, right? That's good. Always. You would, good. You would yeah. think the witch's kiss and the heart vein is make or break. Because although happily married for as long as I have been, I don't know that I want to do it. Uh, a weekly info dump with with, with my yeah, yeah no <laughs> could you imagine no. <laughs> not at all no. wait a minute God, why did no. you stop at the mall yeah. what, <laughs> what? No. you weren't supposed Mm-mm. to see that yeah. <laughs> and it's not even secrets it's just you know I have a life and he has a life and I don't need to know everything yeah this is true <laughs> so Matthew finally tells Pierre and Galglass about Benjamin and neither one was happy to find out that he was in town. So I got the impression that Pierre was a little bit scared mm-hmm. and Gal Glass was pissed the fuck off. Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck's this dude doing back here? The next morning, Matthew told Gal Glass and Pierre about Benjamin. Gal Glass's fury was short, shorter lived than Pierre's fear, which rose to the surface whenever someone knocked on the door or approached me in the market. The vampire searched for him day and night with Matthew planning the expeditions. But Benjamin could not be found. He had simply vanished. That's still out there. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Great. All right. So the passing of time, Easter came and went and uh, the spring festival is upon us. Oh, boy. Yay. <laughs> We're coming uh, coming up on May Day pretty quick. Yeah. Yep. This is not only a long time in 1590 or 91 now, but it's a long time in Prague. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're all getting weary by this point, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, let's let's leave. Right. Everybody's getting a little bit, you know, some of that cabin fever and yeah. being at Rudolph's beck and call and yeah. his whole mercurial personality. Right. Yeah. It's like that when you Oof. spend that extra week on vacation, yes. you're like, I really want to go back to work. Right. <laughs> so that, that extra week on vacation with, like, Extended family. Oh, God. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm done with yeah. you people. I'm done. Okay, so her and Master Huffnagel are working on the details to make this thing, I guess, not embarrassing. I mean, they're in this grand room with the arch ceilings and they're planning with the tulips and the orange trees. And there's mm-hmm. a whole lot of planning here. Well, and it's quite the grand room because th- this is also the great hallway where they used to joust in the winter when they were. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> 
Which I think is also a, a true historical bit of trivia about being able to ride a horse through yes, the Great Hall. Yes, I think so too. Of Prague mm-hmm. Castle and Deb incorporated that. And had Matthew help design it. <laughs> yes, of course. And because I'm 12, all I think is fucking horse poop everywhere. Like, ew. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh God, take this shit outside. But anyway, they're talking about how she should enter the room and she's worried about them being too philosophical and Hoffnagel's like, this is the court of Rudolph II. There's no such thing as too philosophical. So, hmm. Which kind of surprised me because he doesn't seem nearly as intellectual and smart as Elizabeth. And to, to put on that kind of air is kind of yeah. presumptuous, shall we yeah. say? I picture him as just a regurgitator. Yes, oh, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's like, let me learn enough just to impress people. Yes. Right? <laughs> let, me go buy a bu- let me go buy a bunch of cool books and put them on my shelf so people yes, think I'm right. smart. Apparently what Diana and Hoffnagel did was uh, pretty nice because when the court filed in for the banquet, they gasped in amazement at the scene they'd set. They like it. She whispered to Matthew from behind the curtain and Matthew had been keeping her occupied with tales of olden times. And this is where, you know, riding the horse inside and me thinking horse poop inside grossness. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. Uh, And Matthew's explanation is, why do you think we made the room so big and the ceiling so high? Prague winters can be damn long and bored young men with weapons are dangerous. Far better to have them run at each other at high speed than start wars with the neighboring kingdoms. True. Yeah, and us Slovaks get kind of cranky. (laughs) True. Look, look at Grandpa Jan. I don't know who that is. Oh, help my me. lovely one-eyed ancestor who battled against the king. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> story for another day and has to do with Matthew Good's new movie, Medieval, but that's another story. Okay. We'll save that for the show. The wine is pouring freely and they're serving food and Matthew and Diana are getting in their places and Master Hoffnagel had painted some lovely scenes and they're just getting ready and they just decided to go with like song and dance versus you know reading a bunch of speeches because they didn't want people falling asleep because they had just eaten they have a lot of wine so diana's like the first thing she says to matthew don't you dare make me laugh (laughs) (laughs) i love this whole lightheartedness that deb put in yeah yes it really does show that that. it's like you kind of need that with all the cabin fever that yes this, this section is stirring up yeah. And uh, Matthew says, I do love a challenge, he whispered back. And then as the strains of music filled through the room, the courtiers gradually hushed. When the room was fully quiet, Matthew lifted his astrolabe into the heavens and the mass began. Okay. Diane is entering and Matthew is tracking, like he's playing the, the part of Endominion and he's like tracking her course. And Signor Pacetti was delighted to teach some of the court ladies the dance of the wandering stars. And they're all bumbling around and all their family members are just proud of them is mentioned here somewhere it looked like a school play (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) the mask quickly took on the tone of a school play complete with admiring parents matthew made agonized faces as though he wasn't sure he can endure the spectacle for (laughs) one more moment (laughs) and if you think about it in that point in time in the 16th century that was probably also a lovely way for them to show off their daughters to eligible bachelor material yeah yes that was the i mean that was probably the 16th century marriage mark Mm -hmm. too there you go spring fling which is another reason why matthew was rolling his eyes and going get me out of here (laughs) i've seen so many of these i'm so done with it (laughs) 
Okay, so when the dance ended, the musicians cued her entrance with a crash of drums and a blare of trumpets. Master Hoffnagel had rigged up a curtain over the chapel doors, so all she had to do was push her way through them with a goddess eclat without spearing the moon headdress on the fabric, as she had done in rehearsal. Oops. (laughs) Is anyone else, like, picturing the producers (laughs) at this point? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) She just needed a a, a pretzel on her head. (laughs) Yeah, the the spinning pretzel on her head. So what she was supposed to do was come in and stare wistfully down at Matthew. And then he, goddess willing, she says, would stare rapidly at me without crossing his eyes or looking suggestively at my breath. Yeah, I think it's kind of playful because, you know, that's something Robert would do. Try to make me laugh. Yes. (laughs) I'm like, don't you fucking do that. All right. So from Diana's point of view, I took a moment to get into character, drew in a deep breath and pushed confidently through the curtains, trying to glide and float like the moon. The chorus gasped in wonder. Hmm. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> Pleased that I had made such a convincing entrance, I looked down at Matthew. His eyes were round as saucers. Uh-oh. Oh, no. I felt with my toe for the floor, but I, as I suspected, I was already a few inches above it and rising. I reached out a hang to anchor myself at the edge <laughs> of my chariot, and she saw that she had that distinctive pearly glam. It was emanating from her skin, and Matthew jerked his head up in the direction of her tiara and the silver crescent moon, and she had no idea what was going on up there, but she was just going to roll with it. Yeah. So here comes Rudolph. La Diosa. A wonderful, a wonderful effect. Ugh, God. He's so gross. Okay, so uh, the court's joining in. They don't know if they should be joining in, and a few of them crossed themselves because they saw the whole spectacle with Diana here. Holding the room's complete attention, I clasped my hands to my bosom and batted my eyes at Matthew, who returned my admiring looks with a grim smile. And then she uh, lowered herself and made her way to Rudolph's throne. And she noticed happily I wasn't glowing so much anymore as I approached the emperor and the audience had stopped looking at my head as if it was a Roman candle. <laughs> I, sank, <laughs> I sank into a curtsy. And then here comes, I and mean, I listened to this last night and I just love the way Jennifer Ikeda does it. She goes, greetings, La Diosa. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I can't do it like her in that voice, but that's what I remember. Greetings, La Diosa. And then Diana goes with her line. I am in love with the beautiful Endymion. She had written the lines herself, and Matthew suggested that she says, if you do not agree to leave me alone in peace, Endymion will tear your throat out. And then- <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh. So she vetoed that along with the Keats. And... Uh- <laughs> Then she goes, he looks so peaceful, even though I'm a goddess and I will never age. He will grow old and die. I beg of you, make him immortal so that he can stay with me always. I'm just thinking that their new ritual was probably the last thing that saved (laughs) Rudolph from being, from literally having his throat torn out by Matthew. (laughs) This would be true. Right, right. It gave Matthew enough confidence where he's like, okay, maybe you should pull back a little. (laughs) (laughs) She's not going to, you know, fall for his shit. No. And then, so Rudolph is going on with his overacting. On one condition, he must sleep for the rest of time, never waking. Only then he will remain young. And then Diana goes, thank you, mighty Zeus. Now I can gaze upon my beloved forevermore. And then Rudolph scowled. (laughs) And then she mentions it's a good thing he had not been granted script approval. (laughs) And she withdrew her chariot and walked slowly back towards the curtains while the court ladies performed their final dance. So, yay, that was over. It was quick and easy. Good. 
Get it out of the way. And uh, Matthew's still faking sleep here. And she's like, get up. (laughs) (laughs) She went past him to thank the emperor for providing them an opportunity to entertain them. So Matthew kind of snored really loud theatrically. (laughs) (laughs) So here's Rudolph. I was greatly entertained, La Diosa, much more than I expected to be. You may ask Zeus for a reward, Rudolph said. Ew. Whatever you wish, name it and it shall be yours. So, me, I was like, he is not thinking about a book. He is not thinking about any little thing that Diana would actually ask for. He's thinking, hey, will you take me yes. in your bed? Yeah. And, you know. I wouldn't doubt he was, it doesn't say, but I just pictured it being um, suggestive with his Zeus uh, <laughs> toga. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You want, you know you want you some of the Zeus, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Waggling little Zeus in her general direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Doing the hip shimmy or something equally disgusting. Gross. Anyway, all she thought of was Abraham's words. The book will come to you if only you ask for it. And then she's like, really? Is that easy? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's that easy. <laughs> So, uh, Matthew stirred from his downy bed, not wanting him to interfere. She flapped her hands behind her back to encourage him to, you know, go back to sleep. <laughs> Ooh, going to be so hilarious. Uh, next to cut. I hope so. Then she asked the question, I would like to see Roger Bacon's alchemical book, Your Majesty. Dun, dun, dun. Mic drop right there. Boom. So they're leaving and uh, Galgoss says, you have the balls of iron, auntie, not to mention away with words. And then she's like, why, thank you. By the way, what was my head doing during the mass? People were staring at it. And then Galgoss says, we stars rose out of the moon and then faded away. I wouldn't worry. It looked so real that everybody assumed it was illusion. Most of Rudolph's aristocrats are human after all. So that explains it. You know, humans are stupid. <laughs> right. They'll, they'll, yeah. they'll explain it away. It looks so real. Yeah. It looks so real. It must be fake. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of true, guys. I mean, yeah. It's like, yeah. You know, it's like when you ever you watch, especially nowadays with special effects, you watch it. It's like, oh, that's not real. But it looks fucking real. Yeah. You know, right. even yeah. with video games now, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's getting crazy. Matthew's response was more guarded. Don't be too pleased yet, Moncor. Rudolph may have had no other choice than to agree, given the situation. But he hasn't produced the manuscript. This is a very complicated dance you're doing, and you can be sure the Emperor will want something from you in return for a glimpse of his book. And then Dinah's like, well, we're going to have to be long gone before we can ask for it, okay? You know, we, we got to, yeah. I got to ask for it, get to see the book, and get out of town. Oh, Grab the book and beat feet. But for some reason, she thought, okay, so the next day we're going to go see this book, right? No. Rudolph yeah. was uh, uh, waiting. Days passed before we received a formal summons to dine at the palace with some up-and-coming Catholic theologians. Afterward, the note promised a select group would be invited back to Rudolph's rooms to see the items of particular mystical and religious import from the emperor's collections. Among the visitors was one Johannes Pistorius, who had grown up Lutheran, converted to Calvinism, and was about to become a Catholic priest. Man, he Which zipped, is he zipped through all those religions. All sorts of fucked up. Goldilocks of uh, <laughs> I know. religious like, zealots. How do you go from Calvinism to Catholicism? <laughs> it's kind of like, that's a head scratcher right there. <laughs> 
Lutheran to Calvinism to Catholicism. Right. I mean, just jump it all the way around. Oh, yeah. Just, I guess he didn't like green bean casserole. <laughs> <laughs> Did they have Campbell's soup back in the 60s? <laughs> or those little onions for that matter. Oh, my God. Yeah, the little crunchy onions. I used to eat those plain. Fuck that. Don't put oh, on my casserole. That's <laughs> the reason to make that green bean casserole so you can put those little French fried onions on the top of it. My mom made them with Funyuns one year. Because she didn't have Ooh, them. Oh, my God. How does that? Uh, God, this is bad. Don't ever do it. Oh, God. Funyuns are like styrofoam with onion sauce. Oh, we just happen to have some. She's like, these will work. I'm like, oh. And they were terrible. Oh. They turned out mushy. Oh, it's bad. Oh, don't, don't I, do I can't it. imagine how awful it was. Oh, Funyuns just make me shudder on a good day. Ooh, let's get out of this one. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. So out ma- of the culinary ditch. Yeah. <laughs> culinary Funyuns. <laughs> All right. We, well, before we leave, it was a ditch. We were, at, we were at Thanksgiving and I was sitting next to my sister and we were at someone's house and they had served that. And we didn't grow up eating that, which I don't mind it now. But yeah. she like nudges yeah. me. She's like, you like this goop? <laughs> and I'm like, Shh, quiet. They're going to hear quiet. you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And the funniest thing about that. I actually tried, you know, they had a recipe, it's like, oh, you know, green bean casserole from scratch, you know, with fresh green beans, and you make up your own bechamel sauce, and all of this and that and the other thing, like, after all that work, you just go back green to the beans soup. and the cream and mushroom soup <laughs> yeah. was way better. Yeah, of course. Let's just go back to the soup. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Because, I don't know, the texture was weird and the, it wasn't as flavorful. Mm-hmm. It's like the Eddie Murphy when uh, he, was really, he talks about hamburgers. and Super he's, bland. He's like, I, I want a McDonald's hamburger. So your mom makes you a nice big fat hamburger. He's like, that's not McDonald's. Yeah, I know. What is this <laughs> shit? <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> okay. So uh, Matthew says. <laughs> yes. Anyways, where were we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Back to the dinner, real dinner. Uh, yes. Matthew says, we're being set up and his fingers were running back and forth through his hair so trouble okay that, that scared oh, God. me we better get yeah okay we need to get that too you hear us matthew good we need we need the towel in season yes. two yes although his hair in that still looked like he was looked like he got a hair running his finger well it also looked like he had been running this is nervously running his fingers through it yeah quite a bit too. it was short though True. short hair yeah he got a haircut yeah. since we last it's saw the ague <laughs> <laughs> i was hoping someone was going to bring that up <laughs> Have you been ill, Matt? (sighs) Okay. So he says Pistorius is a dangerous man, a ruthless adversary, and a witch. He will be back here in 10 years to serve as Rudolph's confessor. So Galaglass asks, is it true he's being groomed for the congregation? Yes, he's just the kind of intellectual thug that the witches want representing them. No offense meant, Diana. It's a difficult time for witches. And then Diana's like, none taken, but he's not a member of the congregation yet. You are. What are the chances he'll want to cause trouble with you, with you watching him? If he has all those aspirations, Matthew's like, excellent. Or Rudolph wouldn't have asked him to dine with us. The emperor's drawing his battle lines and rallying his troops. And besides that, Matthew doesn't have last say over who is on the congregation for the witches. No. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. And you know what I love, too, is, I mean, that comment about intellectual thug is just such a foreshadowing of Peter Knox. Oh, absolutely. They're they're cut from the same cloth. I, I almost wonder if Owens, Owen saw that description and kind of built some of his... Peter Knox, character- Champier, yeah. all of yeah. them. Yeah. Diana wants to know what exactly is he planning to fight over? And then uh, Matthew says, the manuscript and you. And I almost 
her duh in my head, you know? (laughs) (laughs) He won't give up either. And then there's a quarter for the clue bus. Yeah. And um, Diana says, I told you before, I wasn't for sale. I'm not war booty either. Mm, War booty. I know. I I, I kind (laughs) of giggled when I heard that again. (laughs) I'm like, how do I not remember that? (laughs) 12 year old boy. (laughs) (laughs) They said booty. Okay, so Matthew comes back seriously. No, but your unclaimed territory as far as Rudolph is concerned. Rudolph is an Austrian Archduke, King of Hungary, Croatia, and Bohemia, Margrave of Moravia and Moravia, Ho- Moravia and Holy Roman Emperor. He is also Philippe of Spain's nephew. The Habsburgs are uh acquisitive and competitive family and will stop at nothing to get what they want. Quite their credentials. Philip was a real kook too. Mm. How so? Give me the story. Super super religious to the point Catholic to the point where it got creepy even for Catholics. Really? Yeah. Well, which is mm. why Mary made a good match. Yeah. Yeah. The, and that whole marriage with Mary was really strange too. Yeah. So here comes Gallaglass. Matthew's not coddling you, Auntie. If you were my wife, you would have been out of Prague the day the first gift arrived. All right, Gallaglass. <laughs> All the things that we ignore. Yes. <laughs> Pierre and Galglass accompanied them to the palace. Three vampires and a witch caused quite the expected ripples of interest as they went through the great hall, which once upon a time, Matthew had helped to design. Yay. Yay. And Matthew Corvinus comes up with that great hall, I think. And then he comes up another time in Times Convert when Matthew has more memories. Yes, he does. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes. When they mention Galloglass, Pierre, Matthew, Diana, now I can picture the actors. I'm happy. Yay! Uh huh. We're going to talk about this later. Save it for the show, guys. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, just be back. patient. We're getting to it. <laughs> it just happened for us, okay? It was a couple days ago. Rudolph seated me near him, and Galloglass took up a position behind my chair like a well mannered servant. Matthew was placed at the opposite end of the banqueting table with an attentive Pierre. To a casual observer, Matthew was having a grand time among a raucous group of ladies and young men who were eager to find a role model with more dash than the emperor. Gales of laughter occasionally drifted in our direction from Matthew's rival court, which did nothing to brighten his majesty's dour mood. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, I, I can see that not going over well at all. Mm. So uh, here's uh, Rudolph. He's trying to have a little intellectual discussion here. But why does there have to be so much bloodshed, Father Johannes? Rudolph complained to the fleshy middle-aged physician sitting to his left. Pistorius's ordination was stilled several months away with the zeal typical of a convert. He made no objections to his premature elevation to the priesthood. Ugh. 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 Because heresy and unorthodoxies must be rooted out completely, Your Majesty. And that just reminded me of Champier pulling the thoughts out by the root. Otherwise, they find fresh soil in which to grow. Pistorius's heavy-lidded eyes fell on me, his glance probing, my witch's third eye open, indignant at his rude attempts to capture my attention, which were strikingly similar to Champier's method for ferreting out my secrets. I was beginning to dislike university-educated wizards. I put down my knife and returned his stare. He was the first to break it. Rudolph says, my father believed that tolerance was a wiser policy, Rudolph replied. And you have studied the Jewish wisdom of the Kabbalah. There are men of God who would call that heresy. And then Matthew's keen hearing allowed him to zero in on my conversation as intensely as Sharka had pursued her grouse. He frowned. So Matthew can hear all that's going on, even though he's holding court on the other side of the table. Yeah. 
So Diana tries. Yes. Let's make some, you know, small talk here. My husband tells me you're a physician, her Pistorius. It was not a smooth conversation segue, but it, it did its job. So. <laughs> I was not as subtle as a dump truck. But yeah. It worked. <laughs> and Pistorius comes back and says, I am Frau Royden, or I was before I turned my attention from the preservation of bodies to the salvation of souls. Oh, puke. Uh, yeah. yeah. Here we it's go. It's kind of like she Mm-mm. she knocked him down a step, too. Like, you you haven't been holy your whole life. Like, she did to Peter Knox, where yeah. she's like, Mr. Yeah. Knox. Mm-hmm. Yep. So tell me about your other life, Pistorius. Yeah. What? Before the shit. Right. <laughs> All right. So Rudolph said, Father Johannes's reputation is based on his cures for the plague. And then he goes on, I was merely a vehicle for God's will. He's the only true healer, Pistorius said modestly. I, I mean, I just want to puke every time this guy talks. Shut up. Sit down. Shut up. And then Rudolph says, ah, yes, I remember your advocacy for of Bizors as uh, panaceas against illness. I sent La Diosa one of my stones when she was lately ill. Rudolph smiled at him approvingly. And then Pistorius studied Diana. Your cure evidently worked, Your Majesty. Rudolph's like, yes, La Diosa is fully recovered. She looks very well. Ugh, he's so mm-hmm. gross. No, I, I keep picturing like a human version of the Grinch. You know what? I always kind of like the Grinch. So. <laughs> I, I always thought he was just a grouchy old man. <laughs> but no, well, I'm, I'm just the way it was animated. Not not so much. Well, more the Jim Carrey version, maybe. Yeah, that was creepy mm-hmm. for me. That anyway. was creepy. That's what I mean by the Grinch, not by the cartoon and Max. Yeah. I know. Poor Max. <laughs> I love Max. All right. Anyways, that we're back to the Bezoars and the horn yeah. spoon and, and mm-hmm. all the electuary and gross stuff. So Rudolph's, you know, lower lips jutting out even further as he examined her. She wore a simple black gown embroidered in white, covered with a black velvet robe. And then she's describing this gauzy ruff winged away from her face. And the red ruby of Matthew Salamander necklace was arranged to hang at the notch of her throat, providing the one splash of color in her otherwise somber outfit. Rudolph's attention fixed on the beautiful piece of jewelry. He frowned and motioned a servant. Diana's like, it's hard to say whether the Bazaar Stone or Emperor Maximilian's electorary was more beneficial, but I'm okay now. It's cool. (laughs) It's all good. It's all good. She looked at Dr. Hayek for assistance because Dr. Hayek's a guy that they paid off with chickens. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Because she never was sick. Yeah. (laughs) So Hayek rose to the occasion. I believe it was the electorary, Dr. Pistorius Hayek admitted. I prepared it in a cup made from the unicorn's horn. Emperor Rudolph believed this would increase its efficacy. Say that right. three times fast. Efficacy. All right. Ladiosa took the electorary from a horn spoon, too, Rudolph said, his eyes lingering on her lips now. For, for additional surety. <laughs> Will this cup and spoon be among the specimens we see tonight in your cabinet of wonders, your majesty? Pistorius asked. And then the air between her and this other witch started cackling. And that always kind of... Yeah. Warning. Danger, Will Robinson. Then he smiled, and then in his head, I do not trust you, witch, he whispered into her mind, nor does your would-be lover, Emperor Rudolph. And then she says, the wild boar that I was chewing, a delicious dish flavored with rosemary and black pepper, that, according to the emperor, was supposed to heat the blood, turned into dust in her mouth. Instead of it achieving its desired effect, my blood ran cold. 
Ugh. So Gail goes to the rescue. He comes up. He's like, is there something wrong? He's in tune with her body changes, too, as a vampire. Mm-hmm. Diane explains Pastoria has been invited upstairs to see the book. And then she turned her head towards him and she was speaking rapid English to reduce the risk of being understood. And here's where we learn Galglass smelled of sea salt and mint, a bracing and reassuring combination. My nerves steadied. It calmed me too. Yes, it calms everybody. And then he says, leave it to me. By the way, Auntie, you're a bit shiny. It would be best if no one saw stars tonight. Okay, so tone it down. (laughs) (laughs) Slow your roll. All right. Having delivered his warning shot across the bow, Pistorius turned the conversation to other topics and engaged Dr. Hayek in a lively debate about medical benefits of etheriac. Okay, I guess that's what that says. Rudolph divided his time between sneaking melancholic looks at me and glaring at Matthew. Ugh, Rudolph, calm down. The closer we got to seeing Ashmole 782, the less appetite I had. So I made small talk with a noble woman next to me. It was only after five more courses, including a parade of gilded peacocks and a tableau of roast pork and suckling pigs. This is a lot oh, of that food, right? Terrible. <laughs> then the, you know that was all staged and uh, uh, put back together and feathers and yeah. Ugh. That the yeah. banquet was finally concluded. And then Matthew says, "You look pale." And then she's like, "Pistorius suspects me." And then she he also says, Galaglass said he would take care of it. And then she, <laughs> Matthew's like, no wonder Pierre followed him. <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> and then she wants to know, what's Pierre going to do? He keep, goes, keep all of us yeah. Make sure Pistorius gets out of here alive, Matthew said cheerfully. Left to his own devices, Galaglass would strangle the man and throw him into the stag's moat for the lion's midnight snack. My nephew is almost as protective of you as I am. So ding, there you ding, go. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Should have rung a bell for us. <laughs> yeah, well. It didn't. We kept on going. I can see why. I mean, that's why we were all so shocked in the Book of Life. I mean, being protective is not necessarily romantic. No. I mean, that's it yeah, could be I mean, familial. It was more like, okay, Grandpa gave him a job and he was going to do it right. Right. Yeah. That's how I had already always looked at it. All right. So the dinner's done. They all enter this room and um, Diana's scanning the room for it. And she goes to Matthew. Where is it? I hissed to Matthew. Before he responded, I felt the touch of a warm hand on my arm matthew stiffen here's rudolph again you're so weary you're like yeah i have a gift for you kira uh curita Curita. yeah curita diosa rudolph's breast smelled of onions and red wine ding 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 that's why we (laughs) named it that and my stomach flopped over in protest i turned expecting to see ashmole 782 instead the emperor was holding up the enamel chain before i can protest he draped it over my head and settled it on my shoulder i looked down and saw a green or Burrows hang on from a circle of red crosses, thickly encrusted with emeralds, rubies, diamonds, and pearls. The color scheme reminded me of the jewel her misel gave to Benjamin. Diana is winning mm. in the jewel game. <laughs> I'm yeah, telling you, she's breaking it in. She's like, oh, really? More? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew's not happy about this. He of goes, course not. This is a strange gift to give my wife, your majesty, Matthew said softly. He's standing right behind the emperor and looking at the necklace with distaste. I mean, come on. Yeah. And uh, Diana's like, this is my third such chain. There must be a meaning behind the symbolism. I lifted the Ouroboros so I can study the enameling. It wasn't an Ouroboros exactly because it had feet. It looked more like a lizard or a salamander than a snake. A bloody red cross emerged from the lizard's flayed back. Most important, the tail was not held in the creature's mouth, but wrapped around the lizard's throat, strangling it. So this is uh, kind of uh, violent. Gruesome. Yeah, gruesome <laughs> is right. Yeah. 
It is a mark of respect, Herr Royden Rudolph placed a subtle emphasis on the name. This once belonged to the King of Vladi- Vladislaus. King Vladislaus. And was passed on to my grandmother. The insignia belonged to a brave company of Hungarian knights known as the Order of the Defeated Dragon. Dun, dun, dun. The real one was called the Order of the Dragon. Dragon? I said faintly looking at Matthew. With its stumpy legs, this might as well be a dragon, but it was otherwise strikingly similar to the de Clermont's family emblem, except this Ouroboros was dying a slow, painful death. I remember her Fuchs oath, Benjamin's oath, to slay dragons wherever he can find them. Hmm. Hmm. Great. Yeah. And they don't know where this guy is, Benjamin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Know, that's, right. What, uh-uh. that's what I'm thinking. It's like, and he's loose among town and they can't find him. The dragon symbolizes our enemies, especially those who might wish to interfere in our royal prerogatives, Rudolph said in a civilized tone. But it was a virtual declaration of war on the whole de Claremont clan. It would please me if you would wear it next time you come to court. That's rude. That is rude. <laughs> yeah. Can we pause a That's second so to go back? Sure. When Okay, mm-hmm, so now we're sure. talking about jewels. We're talking about Order of the Defeated Dragon. We're talking about Benjamin having that uh, mission statement as well. And Diana says, the color scheme reminded me of the jewel that Air Meisel gave to Benjamin. Did Benjamin give Rudolph this jewel for Diana's necklace? Or no, because it was handed down already. Yeah, because the one that Rudolph had was from his grandmother who had gotten it from King, King Vlad. which I think was he was the one who founded that order I looked this all up today to be sure but Benjamin also had one which Hermisel had 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 fixed for him right so they had it sounded like he had a jeweler in the in the quarter repair something for him and gave it back gave it back remember we we had commented at one point that I think you said, Jean, that Benjamin likely was doing uh-huh. business with Rudolph. And that's, yeah. I'm just trying to untangle the threads here for my, yeah, my brain. Yeah, I think that came up, it comes up in, in Times Convert, maybe. We got a hint later on that he had been doing business with Rudolph. Mm. Whether or not it was, God, maybe it was, it, it came up with the rabbi in the letter, which we'll get to. Rabbi Lowe. Okay. But see, I, that's that's my confusion. It's like, how did Benjamin get caught up in this mix and why did uh, Hermazel support it? Give it to him. Right. Yeah. So, mm, okay. Right. Okay. Yeah, right. that's a mystery that we still haven't sorted out yet. We'll put a pin in yeah, that. Maybe we'll have an epiphany <laughs> down the yep. line. <laughs> yep. And then Rudolph says, then you can leave your little French salamanders at home. Oh, fuck. Oh, man. Matthew's eyes, which were glued to the dragon and the imperial finger, went black when Rudolph made his insulting remark about French salamanders. I tried to think like Mary Sidney and come up with a response that was appropriate for the period and likely to calm the vampire. I deal with my outraged sense of feminism later. Whether or not I wear your gift will be up to my husband, your majesty. Mm. And there you go. That's that's good. Yeah, she sucked that in because I couldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> Think and stay alive. Yeah, this is true. Okay, so Matthew says, I see no reason why you should not wear it for the rest of the evening, Moncourt. Matthew said agreeably. He was no longer concerned that the Queen of England's ambassador sounded like a French aristocrat. Salamanders and dragon are kin, after all. Both will endure the flames to protect those they love, and the emperor's being kind enough to show you his book. Matthew looked around. Though it seemed like Signor Strada's <laughs> incompetency continues, for the book is not here. <laughs> this is a good Matthew. Pat, pat. 
And Diana comments, another bridge burned behind us. Whoops. <laughs> well, I think Matthew's already decided this is the last time they're going to be there. Right. This, yeah. After this, this we're done. Fuck this shit. We're out. Yes. <laughs> Big time. All yeah. capital letters. Mm-hmm. I just saw them go from their court clothes to the Fitzio shirt. <laughs> I know. Like color forms. <laughs> Boop. <laughs> Man, imagine having Matthew and Diana color forms. You could just like peel off their outfits and slap it. <laughs> oh God! Make little Fitzio shirts. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Fitzio shirts for everyone. <laughs> so Rudolph oh. says, "Not yet, not yet. I have something else to present, La Diosa. First, go see my carved nut from the Maldives. It's the only one of its kind." Everybody but Matthew trooped off obediently in the direction of Strata's pointing finger. You too, Hairroiden. Okay, I guess Matthew's got to go too. <laughs> so Matthew, he's like, of course. Matthew murmured, imitating his mother's tone perfectly. He slowly trailed after the crowd. Here's something I requested especially. Father Johannes, help me procure this treasure. Rudolph looked around the room but failed to locate Pistorius. He frowned. Where is he gone, Signor Strada? Oops. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen him since we've left the Great Hall, Your Majesty, Strata replied. You! He pointed to the service. Go and find him. Oh, God. It's getting rough up in here. Uh, The man left immediately and run. The emperor gathered his composure and returned his attention to the strange object in front of us. It looked like a crude carving of a naked man. This, Ladiosa, is a fabled root from Eppendorf. A century ago, a woman stole a consecrated host from the church and planted it by the light of the full moon to increase her garden's fertility. The next morning, they discovered an enormous cabbage. Mm. Good story. <laughs> <laughs> the nuclear cabbage. Great. <laughs> Growing out of the host, surely something was being lost in translation, unless I very much misunderstood the nature of Christian Eucharist. <laughs> <laughs> Another Arbor Diani was one thing, and Arbor Brassi was quite another. Yes, it was a miracle, and when the cabbage was dug up, its root resembled the body of Christ. Rudolph held out the item to me. It was crowned with a golden diadem studded with pearls. Presumably, that had been added later. I don't mean to laugh at resembling the body of Christ, but it's like those pieces of toast where people find Elvis. (laughs) Or stain on the wall. It's crazy. Jesus. (laughs) The Lord, he's come to me. What gets even better is the cabbage of Eppendorf shows up again because apparently somewhere down the line, Baldwin repatriates it back to the nunnery. On one of his errands for fully. Oh, shit. Where was that? It's in Times Convert oh, somewhere. Okay, okay. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, geez, this cabbage came up again. <laughs> and Baldwin in a nunnery, of course, I'm going to remember right. that. Yeah, of course you are. Okay, so Diana's pretending she's fascinating. She says, fascinating. And huh. she's, she's trying to look and sound interested. Rudolph, I wanted you to see it in part because it resembles a picture in the book you requested. Fetch Edward Octavio. And then Edward Kelly entered, clutching a leather-bound volume to his chest. As soon as I saw it, I knew my entire body was tingling while the book was still across the room. Its power was palpable, far more so than it had been at the Bodleian that September night when my whole life changed. Here was the missing Ashmole manuscript before it belonged to Elias Ashmole and before it went missing. You will sit here with me and we will look at 
get the book together. And then I know. Thanks. Mm. Give me the book, Edward, Rudolph said. And he held out his hand and Kelly reluctantly placed the book in it. She's shooting Matthew looks and Matthew's shooting her looks. Matthew's kind of giving her a look saying, this is why we're here. So keep going. So she sat down next to the emperor and Strata ushered the courtiers around the room to the unicorn's horn. Matthew was drifting closer. I stared at the book in front of me, hardly daring to believe that the moment had come where I'd at last see Ashmal 782 whole and complete. Well, Here's a weird thing. Think about this. Okay. You've got a witch, a vampire, a demon, and a human. And who's most repugnant out of all of them? Right. The human. Human. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, Rudolph demanded, are you going to open it? And then Diana's like, of course. And I'm thinking, don't rush me, bitch. God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I Give me a minute. with it. <laughs> Give me a minute. I, I can. Yeah. It's like. Yeah. This is the moment of. I need some foreplay yeah. here. This is the moment of pre-union. Yes. Pre-union. pre-union. Thank you. Of course, I said, pulling the book closer. No iridescence escaped from the pages. For purposes of comparison, I rested my hand on the cover just for a moment, just as I had when I retrieved Ashmole 782 from the stack. It had sighed in recognition as though it had been waiting for me to show up. This time the book lay still. So it was just kind of sitting there. Yep. So she flipped it open and uh, the wooden board of the front cover revealing the blank sheet of parchment. My mind raced back to what I'd seen months ago. This was the sheet in which Ashmole and my father would one day write the book's title. So there we go. She turns the page and she felt the same sense of heaviness. And when the page fell open, she gasped. The first missing page of Ashmole 782 was a glorious illumination of a tree. The tree's trunk was knotted and gnarled, thick and yet sinuous. Branches sprang from the top, twisting and turning their way across the page and ending in a defiant combination of leaves, bright red fruit and flowers. It was like the Arbor Diane that Mary had made using blood drawn from Matthew and me. But when I bent close, my breath caught in my throat. The tree's trunk was not made of wood, sap, and bark. It was made of hundreds of bodies, some writhing, some thrashing in pain, some serenely intertwined, others alone and frightened. Oh, this is a gruesome oh, book. Yeah. It's like very Hieronymus Bosch. It is. At the bottom of the page, written in a late 13th century hand, was a title Roger Bacon had given it, The True Secret of Secrets. Hmm. Hmm. And then Matthew's nostrils flared as though he was trying to identify a scent. The book did have a strange odor, the same musty smell that I noticed in Oxford. I turned the page. Here was the image sent to my parents, the one that the Bishop House had saved so many years, the phoenix enfolding the chemical wedding in her wings, while mythical and alchemical beasts witnessed the union of soul and Luna. Matthew looked shocked, and now he's staring at the book. I frowned. He's still far away to see it clearly. What had surprised him? So quickly, she flipped another page. The third missing page turned out to be two alchemical dragons. Their tails intertwined, their bodies locked into either or battle or embrace. It was impossible to tell which. A rain of blood fell from their wounds, pulling in a basin in which sprang dozens of naked pale figures. I've never seen an alchemical image like it. Whoa. So this is new to her, new to us. Yeah. Right. We're all looking at it like, what does this mean? Uh, so Matthew's standing over the emperor's shoulder and I expected his shock to turn over to excitement at seeing these new images and getting closer to solving the book's mysteries, but he looked as if he'd seen a ghost. A white hand covered his mouth and nose. When I frowned with concern. Matthew nodded to me, a sign that I should keep going. He's like, "Mm, keep going, keep going. Mm." Like he's about to puke. Right. Yeah. I took a deep breath and turned to what should have been the first of the strange alchemical images I've seen in Oxford. Here it was, as expected, the baby girl with the two roses. What was unexpected,
suspected that every inch of space around her was covered in text. It was an odd mix of symbols and a few scattered letters. In the Bodleian, this text had been hidden by a spell that transformed the book into a magical palimpsest. Now, with the book intact, the secret text was on full view. Though I could see it, I still couldn't read it. Hmm. And then while she's contemplating all this, Rudolph is all whispering in her ear like, Hey, baby. Hey, baby. Ew. <laughs> yeah. I would have given you anything. Rudolph said with his hot breath against my cheek. Ugh. Wine and onions. Are you going to? Oh, God, no. Mm-mm. Again, I smell the wine and onions. It was so unlike Matthew's clean, spicy scent. And Rudolph's warmth was off-putting now that I was used to a vampire's <laughs> cool temperature. I'm thinking at this at this point, I'll even yeah. take Old Spice over <laughs> onions and wine. Uh, <laughs> axe. Yeah. I'll take Axe at this point. <laughs> Ooh, Axe, yeah. <laughs> Gross. Old Spice just made me think of Matthew because he's haha old. <laughs> <laughs> and spicy. And spicy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. High karate. <laughs> Ooh. All right. So Rudolph says, why did you choose this? It cannot be understood, though Edward believes it contains a great secret. A long arm reached between us and gently touched the page. Why? This is as meaningless as the manuscript. You foisted off on poor Dr. D. Matthew's face belied his words. Rudolph might not have seen the muscle ticking in Matthew's jaw or known how the fine lines around his eyes deepen when he concentrated. Diana's trying to save the situation. He's, she's like, not necessarily. Alchemical texts require studying contemplation if you wish to understand them fully. Perhaps if I spend more time with it. Even then, one must have God's special blessings, Rudolph said, scowling at Matthew. Edward is touched by God in ways you are not, Herr Royden. Oy. And then Matthew's like, oh, he's touched all right. <laughs> 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 yes, sir. The English alchemist was acting strange now that the book was not in his possession. There were threats connecting him and the book. But why was Kelly bound to Ashmole 782? As the question went through my mind, the fine yellow and white threads tying Kelly to Ashmole 782 took on a new appearance. Instead of the normal twist of two colors or weave of horizontal and vertical threads, these spooled loosely around an invisible center, like the curling ribbons on a birthday present. Short horizontal threads kept the curls from touching. It looked like a double helix. There you go. There it is. My hand rose to my mouth and I stared down at the manuscript. Now that I've touched the book, its musty smell was on my fingers. It was strong, gamey, like flesh and blood. Yeah. I looked at Matthew knowing that the expression on my face mirrored the shock look I had seen on his. Oof. You don't look well, Moncour, he said solicitously, helping me to my feet. Let me take you home. Edward Kelly chose the moment to lose control. He lost his shit right here, basically. Yep. I hear their voices. They speak in tongues. I cannot understand. Can you hear them? He moaned in distress. His hands clapped over his ears. And then Rudolph's like, what are you chattering about? Dr. Hayek, something's wrong with Edward. <laughs> <laughs> you think? Edward goes on. You will find your name in it, too, Edward told me his voice getting louder as if he was trying to drown out some other sound. I knew it the moment I saw you. I looked down. Curling threads bound me to the book too. Only mine were white and lavender. Matthew was bound to it by curling strands of red and white. Galglass appeared, unannounced and uninvited. A burly guard followed him, clutching his own limp arm. 
Whoops. <laughs> the horses are ready, Galaglass informed us, gesturing towards the exit. And Rudolph's like, you don't have permission to be here. His fury mounting as his careful arrangements disintegrated. And you, Ladiosa, do not have permission to leave. And Matthew paid absolutely no attention to Rudolph. He simply took my arm and strode in the direction of the door. And I can feel the manuscript pulling on me, the thread stretching to bring me back to its side. We can't leave the book. It's... And then Matthew's like, I know what it is. Stop them! Rudolph screamed, but the guard with a broken arm had already tangled with one angry vampire tonight. <laughs> I'm done. He wasn't going to tempt fate by interfering with Matthew. Instead, his eyes rolled up in his head and he dropped to the floor in a faint. Whoops. That's one way to get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I feel so faint. Oh. <laughs> I feel oh the vapors. <laughs> yes, he caught the vapors right there. Yep. Galaglass threw my cloak over my shoulders as we pelted down the stairs. Two more guards both unconscious, laid on the floor. Galaglass was busy. Very. <laughs> Go back and get the book, I ordered Galaglass, breathless from my constrictive corset and the speed to which they were moving across the courtyard. We can't let Rudolph have it now that we know what it is. Matthew stopped his finger digging into her arms. We won't leave Prague without the manuscript. I'll go back and get it, I promise. But first we're going home. You must have the children ready to leave the moment we get back. And Galaglass is like still running. We burned our bridges, auntie. Pistorius is locked up in the White Tower. I killed one guard and injured three more. <laughs> Rudolph touched you improperly and I have a strong desire to see him dead too. <laughs> she's like, you don't understand, Galvez. That book may be the answer to everything. And then she managed to squeak that out before Matthew had her in motion again. Oh, I understand more than you think I do. Galvez's voice floated in the breeze next to me. I picked up the scent of it downstairs when I knocked out the guards. There are dead wares in that book, witches and demons too, I warrant. Whoever could have imagined that the lost book of life would stink to high heaven of death. And that's it. That is yep. good. Yeah. That is such a great chapter close. Cliffhanger! Oh my God! Oh my God! It's going to be an episode close too. Yes, absolutely. You guys have any other thoughts or things you want to talk about from this chapter? Um, The double helixes. Yes. Um, I mean, Edward Kelly's, we'll find out later why his formed a double helix, but the fact that Matthew's and Diana's were as well, Mm -hmm. are we still looking down the line at finding out, finding whether one of Diana's ancestors was incorporated in the book and one of Matthew's as well? I'm thinking. Right. Did you ever, I don't remember, but did you I thought we went over the color analysis of why they are lavender, red, and yellow. I can't remember. So do you guys have any recollection? I remember purple is the color of justice. Yes. Okay. White is the Bre- color of the goddess, I know. It's yeah, like white the is colors. always the color of the goddess. And it wasn't yellow color, it ended up being the demon color. I know it was in the books. Right, the, the end <laughs> yeah, papers. I was going to say, yeah. end paper books, yeah. Yellow, I don't remember. Yeah, it's hard. So and I always wondered, I'm like, okay, so the secret of secret. Are they the originals? Are they descendant of the originals? I mean, mm-hmm. I think the originals because I'm thinking of a CW show, but whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> or, like the origin vampire, origin witch. Origin right. witch, origin demon. So yeah. maybe it's them, you know, these yeah, three that you're looking be. at and they're all tied to this book. But who else is tied to this book? A lot of people, I would mm-hmm. think. Yeah, I, I almost wonder if maybe Matthew's ancestor that's tied to that book might somehow be Q. His, his ashes hmm. blended into ink. Hmm. 
Maybe. I don't know. Because it's too early for it to be God-free. I, I mean, think there's a long line of all of them, but they're connected to it because one of their ancestors tied to that book. So uh, for Diana, who is it? You know, right, yeah. right, right. The first right. weaver? God, now it's starting to feel like Buffy territory. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm like... The original go, Slayer. I, I'm thinking Lilith, and then I'm thinking True Blood, the, then I'm thinking, the you know... Slayer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going into like all my my little references and they're kind of slight yeah. so I don't know yeah, what I, I, it's, it just feels like there's an origin story we're going to get mm-hmm. way down the line book 15 yay yay <laughs> long life Deb long life, long life. <laughs> you, you and Ruth Bader Ginsburg are in our prayers <laughs> that's it <laughs> <laughs> alright guys going once going twice so so, so. alright so let's go to housekeeping housekeeping is brought to you by Wendy Taylor thank you Wendy thank you Wendy Who wants to start? I'll start. I have something from Zoe. Oh, yay. She says, hi, Angela, Jean and Valerie. I just want to thank you all so much for the lovely handwritten card. I was so thrilled to receive a proper mail and with a seal too. Yay. Valerie's handiwork there. I love making seals. Yes. Philippe would approve. Thank you. It was amazing to meet you all in person in Cardiff. And I thought I'd share my aha moment with you. I always assumed that I was a witch, parenthesis, my family name is Bishop for one thing. But on Friday morning, before the start of the con, I sat on a park bench, drinking a latte, catching up on old Demon Discuss podcast episodes, wearing my Fitzio shirt, and the truth dawned on me. I can see where this is going, and I like it. (laughs) (laughs) She says, I think I'm really a demon. Yay! Welcome to Demon (laughs) Dog! Or at least a demon in training. Who knew? Yes. Oh, good. Keep doing what you do so well. Love, Zoe. Thank you, Zoe. Thank you, Zoe. Welcome to the family. (laughs) Yay. (laughs) Who do you have, Jean? I have one from New England. Angela, she's back. Oh, yay. Holy crap. Where have the months gone to? Has it really been over seven months since my last email into everyone? Yes, it has. Hashtag real life issues. I've missed my lady demons. I really didn't have much time to actually get into the chapter discussions this time, but I am finally getting the time to catch up on all the podcasts since the new year now. Be ready. Beware. New England Angela is back in the house. Yay. Oh, welcome back. Yay. We're so happy to have you back. Guess who's Thank back? You. <laughs> yep. Angela's back. <laughs> yep. Tell <Okay>. some friends. <laughs> and Val, can we market this noble tea? <laughs> it definitely sounds refined and fancy, you know? Oh. The kind of tea you drink with your pinky up. Maybe Mart should get in on it, too. She loves that damn tea. <laughs> That's all for now, ladies. Love you, miss you, sending hugs. Back to podcast, catching up now. Talk soon. Demon kiss, Angela. Oh, thank Yay. you, Angela. I like, I like that. Welcome Glad back. you're back. Noble tea. And then in subscript, fancy schmancy. <laughs> yes. Man, maybe we should talk to some marketers maybe can, about maybe that. Maybe we can invent it in your new kitchen, and Angela. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We'd have all sorts of helpers. I'm sure. Ooh. All right. I got something from one of the Rachels. Hello, Rachel. Hey, Rachel. 
Hi, Demons. Loved your recap of All Souls Con UK adventures. So fun. Oh, I'm glad you liked that. <laughs> I was worried. <laughs> anyway, I wish I had said something substantive to contribute to the next chapter discussion, but I'm still in the throes of mourning further negotiations, possibly still going anxiety over another of my beloved fandoms, MCU Spidey. Ooh, I hope that turns out okay for you, Rachel. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait to hear what everyone else has to say about these next chapters of Shadow of Night, Rachel. Oh, oh thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. And that's it for that. That was yep. an easy housekeeping. So that means it's time for Save It for the Show. When you guys know what the Save It for the Show is going to be. Series 2 casting. What casting. <laughs> so uh, this Save It for the Show is brought to you by Carol Woodward. Thank you, Carol. Thank Thanks, you, Carol. Carol. Save it for the show. Guys, save it for the show. Season two casting. That's the subject. Let's tackle it. Let's go. Oh my god. Can I tell you can I tell you what I was disappointed by? <laughs> what? What? Not a thing. Ah! <laughs> I have no complaints. Nope. But I really I'm not familiar with most of these actors' works. I'm not either, but oh. I like that. I like the blank slate in my mind. Not that they're not known to the uh, outside world. I like that it comes with no baggage for me. Yeah. 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 Well, I, and I've now had my equivalent to the to my reading chapter 21 moment, my, my uh, show bathroom moment, shall we say? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, just like I had the crazy reaction getting ready for work with the first time I read the Marcus and Phoebe chapter. Yeah. Well, I was getting ready for work and the casting stuff is starting to roll through and I dropped the phone and literally started jumping up and down and shrieking when Philippe was announced. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yes, yes, yes. That was my secret wish of wishes. Really? Honest to God. Yes. Okay. I was gobsmacked. Honest to God. Gene, I, I looked... Shelly and I... Oh, go ahead. Shelly and I talked about it. I mean, yeah, on the show, I mentioned Richard Armitage, and that was more funny than anything else. Yeah. Did, but like my, oh, I would love for this to happen. It's never going to. Yeah. In fact, I think I said something to Dub about it in Dallas. I said, just, just somebody that's got that same quality of banter that Matthew Good has with... James Purfoy on, on the on the wine show. I said, that's what you need. You need somebody who can like dish it back at him. You know, and I thought it'd never happen because it's like, oh, that's too twee. But anyways, that was my like whole I'm not gonna even really talk about this too much because it'll never happen. No, and I was gonna say I looked I did a search for Purefoy in our chat box and we, we did talk about him, but we our aspirations were low on who we had su suggested him for. And because I think both of us are like, we just don't want to wish too high and have our hearts broken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And that was a long, long time yes, ago. Yes, a very long time ago. I've that never was watched like the wine so show, so I don't I have no clue. Did you watch the following? That's kind of why I wanted it to yeah. leap because it's just like the charisma no. was just off the charts and he played a freaking serial killer. Trust me, I'd take your word for it. If you no. say he's good, he's good. You need good. to watch that show. It is so good. Okay. Find it. Yeah, it's and okay. watch it. It's definitely his his uh actor reel is definitely not the wine show. It's Rome and it's the following. Oh, it's, yeah. it's that. I mean it's following. it's that's where I picture him from. It's not uh the wine <laughs> show at is, all. Really awesome with Kevin Bacon on that show. I got to see that. I mean, okay. both of them are terrific. And when it came out, it was like not long after um, Shadow of Night. It was like between Shadow of Night and Book of Life. And the thing I loved about it, and I think I remember bringing it up with you guys, is it was so cool because it was so literary. Because so many of the clues were like tied to Edgar Allan Poe, and he had this whole cult of like crazed 
grad students following him. Yeah. Wow. It was like totally fucked up, but it is so good. And he mm. was phenomenal in it. You could you could see where he'd be like the crazy cult leader with the charisma. So James Purefoy, he looks good. Yeah. He looks like a Philippe. He does. Me. He does. And I, like I, he, he's our age. Yeah. And that's what I like too. Yes. It's like we've got the really handsome silver fox, not a 30 year old playing a 50 year old. Right. Right. And someone with the wisdom. He can carry up the wisdom and you believable yeah. knowledge of, of centuries, of millennia. My expectation. He's still cheeky. Yes. And my expectations were totally nil on Philippe because I'm like, I'm going to be probably disappointed. Yeah. But, you know, so I'm not I'm not hoping it's one person or the other person. I'm just going to accept whoever it is because I trust them. And then it was James Purefoy. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And it wasn't even like, you know how we say we didn't even know we wanted that. No, I we knew we wanted that. We just had, I never even put myself didn't, out there to hope yeah. for it. To didn't even, dare yeah. to hope for yes, it. Yes, did yeah, not right. dare to hope for it. So when that happened, I'm like, no one's ever going to live up to Diana's the most breathtaking creature she's ever seen. And he oh, wait, does. We just did. Yes. Oh, wait. They <laughs> just, just did. did. Yes. 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 Right. And that's not a slight on any other actor who could have been considered. I'm just saying yeah. James Purefoy is perfection. Well, and he's perfection because he's the kind that's going to walk. He's going to live in that gray, that, that tightrope that Philippe is on. Yes. Because everybody's like, oh, he's wonderful. No, he's not. But yeah, he is. Right. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. He's a complicated creature, this Philippe. Yes. Very Like all of them are. And he's going to be able to play it to perfection. Against Baldwin uh, as well. You could, I mean, even though we don't see oh, a yeah. Philippe and Baldwin in the books, um, should that happen in the show or not even happen, you can still picture them bantering together. Yeah. A friendly sword fight. <laughs> yeah, because Tristan kind of has that uh, Richard Burton kind of quality mm-hmm. about him where it would work. And I think part of it's just because they're both Welsh and kind of the same build and same timber of voice, but... Yeah, that would be on the wish list. Somehow they they cross paths. Yes, even in a flashback. Yeah, I'm not going to argue about Tristan in a doublet any day of the week. (laughs) Just putting that out there in the universe. Oh, it gets even better. Francoise, that's James Purfoy's (laughs) ex-wife. For real? For real. Oh, okay. Well, that is interesting. (laughs) Yeah, I I found that out this morning. (laughs) Holly aired. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that interesting? I think I think we did really well. I mean, all of the witches look phenomenal. Let's go back Hollier. to Hollyard. Yeah. Just because I seen a couple of posts saying, Oh, well, we didn't really get to know Francoise until Times Convert. Yes and no. Yes, we, yes, we, we did. did. We got to know her better in Times Convert, but we knew exactly who she was in Shadow of Night. Oh, she spoke her mind in Shadow of Night more than Absolutely. once. Absolutely. No, Francoise, you could tell she was formidable. She was willing to yell at Matthew, smack his hands, stop touching yeah. her hair. I know what I'm doing. Back off. Yeah. It, yeah. There, there and is I no... hope we get to keep all of that because we lost so much with Mark. Yes. 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 Okay. Let's go through the pairs as you put them on Facebook, Jane. So okay. my Pierre. Her Pierre. I love I think he's going to be great. He looks exactly like I pictured yes. with like the, the Me dark too. curly hair and ever oh, ever was it the, just, the world of all souls? They said chestnut coloring, so chestnut skin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he he was he worked, perfect. Yeah. Milo yes. Tuomi, perfect, perfect. And then I mean our witches of the reed. Yes, oh, the witches I, of the reed. Oh, I am so thrilled with the lady that's playing Goody. Oh, she's yeah. perfect. Deb picked up of a couple of her favorite people from Call the Midwife. We yes, got she Vic- did. Is it Victoria Early who's uh, playing? Uh, it's Sheila Hand. Hancock as Goody, Victoria Yeats as Water Witch Elizabeth Jackson, Lois Shimimba as Thrice-Blessed Fire Witch Catherine Streeter, and Amy McAllister as Earth Witch Marjorie Cooper. Yes, and uh, Victoria and I think Amy are both... 
both from Call the Midwife. And Lois is beautiful. Oh, they're all beautiful. She's just beautiful. It's going to be great. I'm surprised we hadn't had more rumbling about Lois, frankly, but I'm sure it's early days. We probably will. As Catherine? Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw her. I was like, yeah, that's a Catherine Streeter. I could see her as a double. Well, I think Catherine Streeter had blazing red hair in the books. The but Fire I mean, Witch. after last season, I think people that have gone through this know that it's not necessarily <laughs> yeah, going to be. Yeah, people have gone through this know, yeah. but the problem is we've got a lot of people who haven't gone through this. Yeah. True. So I'm just Weird. hoping for the best and preparing for the worst. Don't be assholes. There you go. Yeah, don't be a dick. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> and and not, yeah, not only that, it's cast. They're, they're cast. They're the ones that are going to play the parts. They're their cast, and, <laughs> and I think they, I I just can't wait to see them in action. To be honest with you. Uh, so what do we think about Queen Elizabeth and uh, William? Perfect. Cecil? Yeah. Perfect. 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 I mean, not even in costume. I can see Queen Elizabeth the first. Oh, with in her, there. yes, most yes. definitely. The queen is yes, Barbara Martin, and yes. the old fox is Adrian Rollins. Yes, mm. Adrian definitely does look like an old fox type. I think he's been in other period pieces. Yeah. Yeah, he um, would creep me out if he was sitting in my uh, living room. Yeah, yes, exactly. Looking at, looking at me like a pound of, pound of lamb? No thanks. Yeah. <laughs> when I got home all hangry and I started taking off my bodice, I'm like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. Louisa? Elaine, oh Elaine my God. Cassidy? She's going to be great. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. Honestly, I'm she so looks, excited for her. The picture yeah. they showed before they even showed casting, just the one of her, her uh, Venetian outfit and shoes, honestly scared me. And like, oh my God, this is, she, she's going to be everything a Louisa should be yes yes and i'm so excited for that and her with tom hughes together oh Oh, they are gonna just be gorgeous and batshit crazy on the screen i think yeah Mm. yeah that is just gonna be delicious to watch I knew the word delicious was going to come out. Because- <laughs> and I didn't even use it with Purfoy. So there you go. <laughs> I'm behaving myself today. <laughs> okay, so who's next? Who's next? Uh, Benjamin? Oh. Uh, oh, my God. Is that Jacob? Oh, good Lord. Oh, Jacob my God. I fell. Yes. What a Hello. cutie pie. What? Oh, I know. Why? It's like I feel like <laughs> he makes me feel like the dirty old woman. <laughs> At least no one has crossed the line and like Team Benjamin. They're they're like okay. <laughs> no, yes, that's happened. That what has happened. Said, oh, jeez, <laughs> has it happened? Oh God, yes. Oh Everybody's no. Like, How can we hate him now? I'm like, oh, I yeah. did see that, but at least they weren't like hashtag Team ben- Benjamin. I hope. No, <laughs> I saw hashtag Team Benjamin the other day. Oh jeez. Like, uh, okay, this uh, that's like past my hard limit. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> It's like hashtag Team Bund, uh, Ted Bundy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh man, Ted Bundy was charismatic and good looking too. So exactly, right. and you that's know. what I keep thinking of. With okay, there you go. Only Jacob is even way better looking than Ted Bundy was, even at a nineteen seventy standard. You know, pr- pretty can be ugly. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. But uh, looks department isn't he uh, Ed Blumel's bud? Aren't best, they? They were uh, just on vacation in Croatia last week together. They're just like best friends, right? Yep. Oh, Pretty much. Wow. And yeah. I do believe... They went to uh, school together. Yeah, they did. And isn't... Yeah, and then we... Oh, go ahead. Uh, Michael Lindahl mm-hmm. is playing Sir Walter Raleigh and he is Aisha's best friend. Yep. And... Not what I pictured. No. no oh, either. gosh. We've got Walter and Henry Percy is Adam Sklar. And he is... He kind of reminds me of Seth Rogen and I kind of love it. I like it. Yeah. I like it. He's like going to be too. the gentle giant. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It's, they're both perfect, I think. Okay, yeah. so that means, though, um, no Tommy Harriet and no George Chapman that we know no of. Cha- George yep. Chapman. No Annie. No Annie. No Annie. No. Then we've got Father Hubbard, who's already 
collecting his own fan club and I Jack. resemble that, by the way. I can't get past him. He's creepy. Oh, he's this. He's that. See, he's a hottie. Whatever. <laughs> I, can't, I can't get past the neck beard in the in the promo. Still, I have to. I'll, I'll have to look at it further. I know uh, our our Miss Dora is head over heels with his luscious lips. Yeah, he does have good lips. Um, oh, he does. Nice but he, I, like I said, I've got to think about neck beards, and does, they make me insane. Does father? But that's fixable. That's yeah. like that's I know. manscaping. I'm, I'm just saying I'm reserving my right because I haven't seen a picture of him without a neck beard right now, and I can't get past. Gene, it. this is progress for you. Reserving your right because normally you're like no. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> we like seeing growth in demons. Yes. <laughs> um, does Father Hubbard have tonsured hair? Tonsured hair? Yes, he did. Okay. Well, I just, I, not that it so matters to me. Be a lot but, less yeah. hot. He's going to look a lot less hot than his headshots by the time makeup is done with him, people. <laughs> Slow your roll. He's not what I pictured. I did not picture no, him no. as Father Hubbard no. either. I didn't think Father Hubbard would be ugly. He'd just be kind of a little bit creepy. He, well, like that, no, like that said, he, he, he's gaunt and pale. I didn't make yeah. that, I know where did I say he was ugly because somebody yeah. made that comment on Twitter. Yeah, no. was not happy. Yeah, no. They just that's, said he was, you know, thin. That's people's own and Jacob is adorable. Oh, Jacob's yeah. adorable, yeah, oh. as, as Jack. Those freckles, those freckles are just, oh, he's going to be great, I think. I hope that some of the lines that Jack delivers in the books are similar in the TV show. Like um, when he talks about so seeing too. the unicorn and it didn't matter if he was beaten because he's already been beaten before, but he's never seen a unicorn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Jack. Oh, Jack. All right. We have one left. One yeah. left, and that out. was one that everybody cares about. Um, Stephen Korea's Galaglass. Right. Ladies. Okay. Yeah, it's fine with uh, me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I am not romantically attached to gal glass no, in any what way. No. I don't know what it is for me. Maybe I'm broken, but I think he's a great friend. I think he's a great mm-hmm. uncle. I think he's a great nephew. I think he's the guy you want by your side. But he's the, the guy, guy I want to be the fun friend. Yeah. I want him to be by my side protecting me, but he's I have friend zoned gal glass from the beginning. Yeah. So um oh, yeah. I, I, he's this is a nice looking man. He can certainly play, play Galaglass. I'm not familiar with his work from Outlander because I'm not an Outlander fan. It's just same here, same Absolutely thing. Unfamiliar. Yeah, uh, we don't have any kind of preconceived notions about him. No, um, I th- we hear he's good. I think he's the guy for the interesting job. To, yeah, <laughs> interested uh, for us. I mean, interested well, to see what he does with it. Let's be a little honest. We got whispers that. There might be an Outlander crossover, and we were like, oh, God, here we go. There we yeah, go. Somebody was whispering on one of the other fan sites about something that happened. Filming was canceled because someone showed up with a beard. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. are you kidding me? Well, you know, and we were dreading it because we didn't know who was going to play what, and I always kind of thought maybe they would do a crossover from Outlander for obvious reasons because everybody pictures him as a Scott. And okay, I am open-minded and I am happy to see uncle, nephew, friend, Galaglass. Yay! Mm -hmm. (laughs) For me anyway. For those of you who adore him, Shelly, yes, you. What do you think, Shelly? Did she say? She hasn't, well, she can call in. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Call in, Shelly. Give us your thoughts. (laughs) Let's not tear the sheets off her bed, okay? (laughs) (laughs) What do you think, (laughs) Shelly? Give us a call on SpeakPipe, Shelly. We we really want to hear what you think, since you're the Galaglass lover amongst 
our circle. Yes. So, mm. so okay, this, I guess I do have one small complaint now, not about the casting, but now with James Purefoy as Philippe, there's not enough Philippe in Shadow of Night. <laughs> I want no, more. No. I want, I'm not going to see him enough now. And I, I've always oh. felt that way in general about book Philippe, but now that we have TV Philippe, I really want to see more. Oh, God, yeah. And we found out it was confirmed 10 episodes. 10 episodes. This yep. season. Yep. Yeah, it has been confirmed. So there's that. Uh, we have our TV page. It's got all that information on there. And our first costume still. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. my God. It's breathtaking. The sneak peek of Matthew and Diana walking through oh, London. Oh, my goodness. It was akin to that first picture we got of Diana on the boat and Matthew standing on the bridge. Yes. Just just the silhouette where your heart just goes, oh my God, it's happening. It's really happening. It's going to come. It's it's happening. Not only because they're dressed as nobility, but also because it's almost like when Diana describes that when creatures get in a cluster, they're just so breathtaking. That's what it reminded me of. Like, oh my gosh, you not see those people walking by you? I know. Oh my God. And then the other thing of it is, is it's such a perfect picture because the whole expression on her face. The wonderment. Like, yeah. I'm really here in London and, and Matthew is so protective. I mean, he is like the bodyguard. His posture, the way he's got his hand on his sword and the way he's scanning the crowd and watching and so he's just so intense and it, well, it's so sexy too, but you know. Can I just bring up the, t- works the, for the tweet we got? <laughs> I, it wasn't this exact <laughs> words, but I spy with my little eye hot mess Matthew. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's him. That that's him. him. Right oh, Gene, oh, I wanted to share something. Somebody had asked you if he was lotion enough, and then we were talking about the period costume, if it was accurate, and you were like, fuck it, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> fuck no. The things you think you care about, you don't really care about. You don't give a shit about. <laughs> but then Contarina was so nice enough to explain that. Well, yeah, it kind of is because it's like Venetian breaches, I guess, Venetian style breaches for riding. Is it okay if we explain? Uh, or you can yeah, elaborate? I yeah. think so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we can elaborate. One of our lovely discussers is also a, a costuming expert and a historical reenactor. And we pose to her whether what appears to, well, they're, and they're not leather, but I mean, it looks like he's got uh, sexy leather pants, but mm. uh, <laughs> if you want it to be, they are, okay? That's, our, that's always okay, our yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but the point being is everybody was expecting the puffier like Spanish breeches with the tights with the tights and the clown pants well yeah. he's got over the knee boots on and his leggings are a lot more form fitting but I mean if when you really look at it closely there is some give on it so it's not like he's really wearing you know Tight, he, didn't, he didn't steal Axl Rose's leather pants <laughs> or, okay. or has a spandex mix <laughs> no um, and there was we were going back and forth we'll, nobody cares whether it's historically accurate or not but I'm like wait Deb would not let them just pander to us. As much as she loves us, she's still not going to pander to us like yeah. that. <laughs> so we asked our resident costuming expert, and she was nice enough to explain that, well, it looks like Venetian riding britches. Ah. It's something you would wear under armor. Okay. So, yeah, and I, and it's like my first answer was, fuck yeah, it's lotion enough for me. <laughs> and God, and I'm going to be glued to my comments, damn TV. Okay, so you guys, all these things happened on my birthday. Last year, the red carpet thing happened on my birthday this year the casting dump happened on my birthday so it's all because of 
of me. You're welcome. Oh, thank you. You're, You're welcome, welcome, audience. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Val. So next year, what are we going to be doing for your birthday next <laughs> yeah, year? Right. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is that whole thread of you guys talking about his pants just made me happy. So that was a great <laughs> happy birthday thing to me. <laughs> There's your present, Harlan, darling. Don't complain about it. Oh, wow. Uh, anything else about the casting yeah, before I do, we move on? I, Go ahead. I've been seeing chatter out there like, well, how come Philippe and Isabeau don't look the same age now? You know, like they're right. not compatible. So we have it was confirmed that, yes, by, it was confirmed by Deb when Isabel was cast as uh, Lindsay Duncan. And she said that, yes, Philippe's death did age her. So that was something new to our universe. But that is that. It's grief. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's grief. Yes. Um, and they don't they don't cross. Philippe doesn't cross Isabel. Um, they don't meet up in Shadow Night, at least not in the books. So it's no. not an issue even. No, no. We're not going to see them together unless we'll they decide ghost. to do Ooh. Times Ooh, Convert. We'll see Ghost Philippe in I know. season three. Yeah. <laughs> we need lots of Ghost Philippe. But here's the thing, though, and I hate to throw this monkey into the, you know, uh-huh. works. What if they do Times Convert and we do see them together? I don't care. doesn't matter. It's fine with me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I don't care. It's cool. <laughs> Anything else about the casting, guys? When, when no, I mean, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy. And when you just ask that question about Philippe and Isabeau, they're both timeless looking actors and actresses. So I, I don't know. It's fine with me. What, 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 whatever they'll work happens, it out. happens. Yeah, they'll work it uh, out. Well, yeah, I mean, TV's magic. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'm worried about these little concerns. It's going to fix itself because they did it on season one, so they'll fix it. It'll work out. I just have that kind of trust. We've got a lot of really super, super competent actors coming on board. And it seems like a lot of people who've worked together before. I did notice that, but I I asked Devin about that and she's like, yeah, she's like, you have a network of people and friends and you all know when the auditions happen and you all call each other and say, hey, I think you'd be good for this part. You should audition for it. Yep. So, And and I'm sure it's like the world in with British SAG is that much smaller. Oh, it is. And Devin has confirmed that to like, they are almost kind of clicky, you know? Yes. When she, she, like entered Royal Academy and they all know each other. There's a reason why every British actor, almost every British actor you know of has been in Harry Potter, right? Well, because they hired them all. Yeah. My other wish for Philippe was uh, Ian Griffin. And the thing of it was, is that could have been equally as plausible because he and Matthew Good were roommates when Matthew Good was working in LA. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's like they all do know one another. It's crazy. Yeah. Small world, small Although world. Although maybe we'll still, well, no Hancock either. So no Matthew Reese. Yeah. Right. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Um, but like as Adele Leon said at the con, they're like, well, how easy was, or how difficult or easy was it for you to make a decision to join the show? She's like, duh, I watched season one. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. So I can imagine that the, that there was competition. Yeah. The huge news that got buried and everything else, two BAFTA nominations mm. for James yes. Medina for the first episode and for James, our honey, James North for production design. Yay! <laughs> I love that. Yay! And if James doesn't win, I will riot. 
<laughs> You'll see Jean outside at some with strip the sign. She's with a the sign. sign in Cardiff. Oh, She's like, I have a stampless passport and I will use it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's wrap this up. And uh, yeah, if you guys have thoughts about the casting, feel free to call us, write yeah. us, uh, speakpipe.com, slant demons discuss. It's free. You have 90 seconds. Spew your thoughts, send them our way. Or an yes. email, you know, demonsdiscuss at gmail.com. I have her phone number somewhere. I'll list it in the show notes because I can't remember it right now. <laughs> so <laughs> there's that. And, there's um, that. and, and I think you there? can call this all of our last thoughts right here. Yes, yeah. I like that. Yeah. Let's go to a break and then we can do final last thoughts. Final, <laughs> final, okay. final, 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 final. Okay. <laughs> Stick with us, audience. We'll, we'll be coming back after yep. the break. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can contact us, send us your thoughts, email us at demonsdiscuss at gmail.com, leave us a voicemail at 360-519-7836, by the way, your carrier rates apply here, or leave one for free on SpeakPipe, speakpipe.com slant demonsdiscuss. Now, if you can't remember any of that, go to go.demonsdiscuss.com slant contact. And all that information will be there. You can also become a discusser there. Fill out the form and bam, you're a discusser. And the link to join our Facebook group is there too. Visit our main site, demonsdomain.com. And if you really feel like deep diving, go to visit.demonsdomain.com slant master post. And you can read interviews, geek out with weekly geeks about all souls universe. Read about the characters. Keep that geek flag flying, guys. Do you like what we do? Help us fund what we do. Go to patreon.com slant demons discuss. Make sure you follow us on social media. We are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at demons discuss. If you're liking what you're hearing and you want to tell the world about it, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We love them. We read them. It's wonderful. Also, it keeps Angela alive and we need her around, okay? Keep Angela Gene, what's your last thought? Oh, my last thought is um, welcome to all of our new listeners and all the new fans coming in with these new casting announcements. We're so lucky and so happy to have you in our family. And we do have our culture and we take our lead from Deb and kindness is key. So basically, my advice is look to Deb for how to behave and don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. If you want to be a dick, keep it behind closed, closed doors. doors. Yeah. <laughs> you can bitch bitch all you want behind closed doors. But, you know, beyond that, out in the fandom, out, we're just trying to spread love. You know, if you have nothing nice love to say. and support. Don't fucking say it. How's that? But I'm not. Uh, I, I might be accused of being a thought police here. But no, I'm not policing your thoughts. You can think what you want. You can spew what you want with your friends. But try to keep the Twitter universe nice. Try to keep Tumblr nice. I don't know. I can't even say yeah. Tumblr gets out just, of control just sometimes. Just keep in mind, people are doing <laughs> working hard and doing the best job they can. And it's always disheartening to have people slam your work when they haven't even seen it yet. Yeah. 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 I agree. Angela, you? I guess that is my last thought uh, related that I would like to thank our existing uh, fans and listeners and everyone that I engage with because I always tell Valerie and Jean that you guys are my little bubble. The, the demon domain demons discuss social media it's a happy positive place and you guys engage positively you have fun things
things to say, um, intelligent things to say. And I don't see a lot of negativity out there. So I'm happy and grateful and appreciative of all of you and the environment that you give back to us. Right. And I think if anyone is negative, it's thoughtful, you know, yes. their, oh, their yeah. questions, and our, you know, and our, yes, and our group definitely thoughtful. And we, yes. dis- if we can disagree intelligently and, and it's such a joy to, to just a joy to engage with our people because they're all so smart and they've all really come at these things with thoughtful, insightful. There, mm-hmm. There's not a lot of knee-jerk reactions. Yeah. And, no, and, and we no. think about things and bring good experience and good points. We've had people, the discussers tell us, oh, I don't always agree with everything you say. And I'm glad. I mean, that's good. I don't take that as a slight. Yeah. I mean, that's how it should work, that we don't all agree, but we are diplomatic about it. And willing to learn from each other. Yes, absolutely. Listen, do you think the three of us agree on everything? No. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. But it's no big deal. Okay, so yeah, Jean's going to say this, and Angela's going to say this, and I think this. And it's not always going to be in step with each other, but we're just like... So what? Right. Who cares. Mm-hmm. We like talking with each other. It's fun. It's it's great seeing other people's point of view. Yes. You know, yes. so agree. there's that. My last thought was casting was quite the thing. <laughs> that, was, that was something. Yeah. And without me knowing these actors, it was hard for me to say, but it's good that we don't know them. It's yes, really I good. Think, I think that's going to be really enjoyable. Do you think you're, do you think you're going to go hunting around looking for their other work aside from watching the following, which I'm going to make you two do? Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. I, I, well, you remember how I was with Matthew Good. I was like, I went back and I watched him on, oh God, Downton Abbey because I didn't watch that last season, Angela. You remember? And I was like, oh, he's on it. Yes. I had to go back and watch it. Are you going to see the movie? I don't know. I might. I I know. I was going to like our movie theaters, you have to actually schedule your seat. Otherwise you don't get one. like, do I really want to go that far? But every time I hear the music, I'm sucked back yeah. in. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched I watched all his movies. Like, I watched him in The Crown. I loved him in that. Yeah. Uh, oh, the Crown I watched, was so good. I was like, yeah, he's Matthew. I can see it. I, I did all of that before the show came on. So, yes, I will see? go back and see the ones that maybe I wasn't convinced and watch some of their other works. And sometimes when I see them in action, it makes a whole big difference. Like Greg McHugh. When I saw him in action, made a big difference. Yeah. The only one I did that with before we got any reel at all from the discovery of witches was Ed. Blumel. Blumel. Oh, yeah. I got sucked in. The, I found the Halcyon and I got sucked into it and it was wonderful. Call me completely shallow. I saw his pictures. I was like, okay. You were, <laughs> I remember that. That was day. instantaneous. Yeah. Yeah. You were just like, hello. <laughs> I was like, yep, okay. And then when I saw him in action and I saw that hair move and I saw his jawline and I saw, I was like, oh, I love him. And Lumel come on the show. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, so, yeah, I was a little trepidatious about the whole Outlander crossover, but uh, I hear he wasn't big on that show. He wasn't presented big on that show anyway. I don't think he'll be known for that or whatever, but people are like, he's, he's good. So I'm going to believe that Gal Glass is going to be good. Um, he kind of reminds me of Jensen Button, the race car driver. <laughs> really? <laughs> which is which is not a bad thing. Jensen Button's a great guy. Yeah. And cute. I trust the process. That's yep. it. Exactly. Uh, and the things I cannot let go of, BillySim.com. Go visit we'll her never let go. website. 
Never no. Let Go. KarenStar.com, All Souls Illustrated. We'll never let Check go. Check them out. Never <laughs> let go. Never let if, go. If you guys never. are art fanatics like we are, they they make beautiful pieces. Just check them out. You know, throw them. They they also, I think, Karen, Karen has a Society 6. And she's also got a red bubble yes. because that's where the people have been getting those tops. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. So I'll put a picture mm-hmm. of that in the show notes. Make sure you support them. Hey, we love their art. So we'll praise them to the high heavens forever and ever. Amen. How's that? And they're yes, praise great me, praise people. God. They're, they're good humans or good demons, yes. I should say. Yes. Good demons. And one last thing. I wanted to do this for a little while and we haven't done this this year. <gasps> An emoji oh, contest. What do you guys think? So for those of you who have not turned off the podcast because you were bored or tired or whatever, you get to participate. Somebody choose an emoji. Hearty eyes. Hearty eyes? Hearty eyes. Yes. Hearty eyes. with the casting. Okay. So we're looking at the yellow emoji with the two hearts for eyes instead of eyes. In lieu of eyes, they have hearts. Tweet that to at Demons Discuss. Just the emoji. We don't need any words. That tells us you've listened all the way to the bitter end. And once we have all of our emojis in, we'll take, uh, we'll go to random.org and just pick one and you'll get a little prize. So how's that? How long will they have to do it? They have have, have quite a while, right? You know, there's no timeline on these things. You know, we let it run for a month or so. Yep. So you have time. We give you time to listen to this episode all the way to the bitter end. Yes, tweet that emoji. I just want you and to, there's that. to know you said, how about an emoji contest? And I shook the magic eight ball and it said, yes. Oh, <laughs> yay. Perfect. Okay, so I think that wraps up this episode. So let's say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everyone. Demon kiss. Mwah. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.